0: Hey everyone, I'm Rachel. And I'm Sarah. And we're sisters who just so happen to be best friends. We're here to unpack all of the unexpected moments that come with early adulthood and hope to uncover a more meaningful life, one conversation and cup of coffee at a time.
1: This This is is Mocha's Mocha's In The
0: Meantime. Hi everybody, welcome back to Mocha's In The Meantime. This is Rachel. And Sarah. And we hope all of you are having really good spooky seasons this October. (laughs) Um, When this episode airs, it'll be Halloween. October 30th. the day before Halloween, I should say. So we hope everybody is excited for, I mean, you can't really do a lot with COVID, but maybe just dressing up at home, you know? (laughs) I think we're going to dress up, but we haven't pinned it down quite yet. (laughs) We're hoping to get some sort of Halloween costume on and just hang out with our family. (laughs) Let's make some spooky desserts. Yeah.
1: So this morning, Rach and I treated ourselves to our favorite coffee shop in the area and got some delicious drinks. So I'm sipping on a mocha infused (laughs) cafe au lait, which is like brewed coffee with some steamed milk and chocolate sauce. So mm. it's like kinda going with our title, you know, mocha's in the meantime. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> I'm drinking an iced vanilla latte because I usually get just boring iced coffee and cold brews lately, so I wanted to just treat myself
1: but yeah so we started the morning off with that and it's been just kind of a rainy thundering and lightning kind of day so far so we wanted to get cozy and talk about netflix which is one of our favorite topics just in everyday life and just kind of unpack like what is the deal with netflix why are we also obsessed with it as a culture i guess Mm -hmm. and to also just you know speak about some of our favorite characters and shows and um tv kind of through our lifetimes
0: So 2020 as a whole, I mean, the whole world knows it. It's been kind of a mess. Mm. I don't think any of us expected 2020 to be what it is, and it's just been a really hard year. A lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. and stress. In general, we just wanted to kind of take this episode to be a little more lighthearted in lieu of just this year and just hopefully just kind of chat and have more of a chill conversation Mm -hmm. and just get silly. Like, this isn't a super serious or super deep topic, but Mm -hmm. nonetheless, we hope that you can at least draw some recommendations from this episode or kind of relate to some of our excitement towards Netflix and TV shows in general.
1: We wanted to kick things off with talking about how TV has really shifted, not only for us, but just in society. Like, Mm -hmm. TV used to be something that you had to wait for, like, you had to wait for episodes to come out, and I don't know, it just seemed to be not as ubiquitous as it is now, whereas today, like, TV's everywhere. Like, I have it on my phone, I have it Mm -hmm. on my laptop, I can walk around with it as I'm cleaning, things like that. And so we thought that it would just be interesting to kind of reminisce on what TV was like in childhood and then compare it to now, because at least for both of us, we grew up with Nickelodeon and Disney shows and... It was more like you watched it when it was on much like our you know our parents generation it was like you had to wait Mm -hmm. for episodes um whereas today it's just so
0: mobilized you know i took a mass media pop culture class my last semester of college and we Mm -hmm. kind of talked about how pop culture has like shifted so much from the rise of social media and netflix and streaming and i think it's just interesting to analyze because i think Especially if you're in your, like, early 20s, I feel like we were kind of the last generation that had more traditional media before Mm. internet, whereas I feel like most people, even a slightly younger than us, grew up with social media, like, in childhood. Childhood, yeah. Mm. And Mm. I think, I mean, I did get my Facebook pretty young, but everything else I waited until pretty much the end of high school. Mm Mm-hmm and i think nowadays people get it so young like yeah. instagram snapchat and then netflix is another i mean it's not social media but it's a different medium than the previous generation is used to
1: and it it does influence social media i think tv shows and memes mm-hmm. and things like that are so common to find on social media that yeah. that and that was something that we didn't have like i feel like we would talk about shows we liked but nowadays it's like Everything's a meme, so it's very... I don't know. It's just a different way of thinking about TV. I
0: think TV... Yeah, there's more kind of community around it because of social media. Yeah. Because after watching a show, people find memes about it, or they can join Facebook groups. Like, me and Sarah are in a Facebook group (laughs) for The Office. It's bled into our culture maybe more than it was in the previous generations. Mm -hmm. There's such movements that come with TV, whereas... I mean... Maybe it was like that in the past, just in a different way, on a different scale. But even during quarantine, like, Tiger King was such a thing for a few months. And it really brought people together of, like, this bonding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure – I don't have a Twitter, but it was probably, like, infiltrated with Tiger King memes, like, every second. Twitter is a different world. Yeah, it really (laughs) is a world that I'm not really familiar with fully. Um And, you know, TikTok, so many dances came out of this show on Mm -hmm. Netflix.
1: Yeah. And I feel like often TV gets a bad rep. I mean, everybody talks about it, but it's not really seen as something that can enrich your life. Mm -hmm. It's more like something you do when you want to tune out. And I think that 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 is true. I like to tune out with TV, but I think that it can also offer a lot of benefits to people or like ways to grow because I think... Mm -hmm. Even for me, just watching Netflix, it's a way to feel less alone. And it's also a way to Mm -hmm. feel, I mean, I don't want to say like you have friends on the show, but you kind of feel like you identify with characters or something and can relate to them. I feel like on The Office, for example... I could so identify with Pam, honestly. Even though we do differ in a lot of ways, I kind of could get it, like not wanting to speak up or speak your mind. And it's kind of like empowering to see her break out of her shell a little. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know, just if people that you love on these shows kind of show you their true colors or they make a big move, you feel kind of maybe empowered to do it yourself a little bit or influenced,
0: Mm -hmm. which I think can be a great benefit. I think as humans, we're always looking for to be kind of recognized or seen in some ways and I think tv and I mean movies we want to make a whole other episode on because that's its Mm. own topic like too much media but tv shows movies I think is a way for us to kind of connect to things and to stories that relate to us Mm -hmm. um, and make us feel less alone and just identifying with characters people that feel like they're alone in their identities at all like in school or like in their groups if they feel like they don't fit in in some way or their like identity isn't represented like seeing a character like you I think could probably be very comforting. Yeah that's a great point too. I think it can teach people about things that or open their eyes to people that are different from them. I think in general, TV shows can be doing a lot better in representing people of color and the LGBTQ plus community even more than it is, but I think we're starting to see it shift a little bit more in a direction that is a little bit more open to other groups, and Mm -hmm. again, I think there's definitely still a huge discrepancy, um, but I think it's kind of hopefully moving closer to that direction and even shows like Queer Eye, for example, came to come to mind of yeah. showing people that are all openly queer kind of helping these people and some of these people come from areas that totally. it's totally not accepted to be queer or it's not as commonly discussed and mm-hmm. I think showing how these people can connect to those five guys I think can help other people watching it have more tolerance or more openness
1: or like maybe just more confidence to be who they are and like show it Mm -hmm. I think seeing people like the fab five that's a good example is Mm -hmm. like they're so themselves but they do open up about their struggles and how like I remember they they told story I forget which Who am I thinking of? Who's the blonde guy? Oh, Bobby. I remember Bobby (laughs) talking about his experience being closeted for a really long time because he wouldn't be accepted in his community. I think all of them talk about that, though, throughout the show. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that could be also eye-opening, both for people who are going through similar experiences, but also for people who can't relate and maybe need that firsthand experience with like this person who's on TV, who's more outgoing or like Mm -hmm. able to speak about it.
0: TV is a really small way of maybe opening some people's minds to be more accepting of others.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. This is a totally different direction, but (laughs) I think that Netflix shows are such an icebreaker, too. Mm -hmm. For me, in my experience, it's been interesting to identify what shows you like with new people. Like if you're on a date or just meeting a new friend or just, you know, if you're sharing a fun fact about you to a group or something, it's kind of a nice way to automatically bond with others if you find a show that you have in common, because it's easy to talk about and fun and usually funny if it's like a comedic show, at least. And that's what I Mm -hmm. tend to watch. So I also like that aspect of it. I, I don't know. I like that part of it. And I like that because it's so normal in our culture to watch Netflix, you can have the opportunity to connect so quickly.
0: Yeah. I feel like on dating apps, especially if you have to answer a question about yourself, I'd say like 50% of people have some sort of show listed oh, that yeah. they like in their bio. And so I think it's really common to use that as an icebreaker.
1: So TV's been around for a while, obviously, you know, and I'm just curious, Rachel, if you have any ideas about why you think we are so kind of obsessed with it as a culture. Like, why are we so
0: into Netflix? Like, I'm just, do you have any ideas? I think it is the instantaneous factor that it has right now Mm. because, you know, you can access it from any mobile device, laptop, computer, TV itself. Mm -hmm. And so I think just the accessibility of it being anywhere is really just I think it's ingrained in us to get addicted to things and I think that has (laughs) kind of fed into it is that it's so easy to throw on. I like sometimes watching a show that I've seen a lot while doing laundry Mm -hmm. or doing the dishes or something just to kind of have a background noise to kind of hang out with versus just being fully alone. I agree. I do that a lot what and do you I think? think I think also going along
1: with the the instant you said like it's instantaneous. Mm-hmm. I think that I I I heard this somewhere. I I think it might have been Hidden Brain, which is a great podcast from NPR, but mm. they talked about how the business model of Netflix is very smart and how you don't have to press a button to continue. It's yeah. just like using <laughs> our it
0: slowly goes
1: down. It's kind of like like taking advantage of our tendency as humans to want to just keep binging and watching. And, like, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a big part of it. But I think also, like you're saying, this mobilization of TV. Like, you can bring it anywhere. I like to have it as background, too. And I even remember when I was, you know, living alone or, like, with roommates, but they weren't around most of the time, I would often want to have it on to just feel, like, a little more secure. Yeah. And so it brings Mm -hmm. a sense of comfort with it, which I think is for both of us in our past conversations a huge selling point of these
0: shows yeah i remember when i was abroad like studying abroad um it was a great kind of way to help with homesickness in a way that i would watch netflix and kind of just reconnect with these characters even though i in my personal life felt like everything was so new it's something kind of to come back to i remember ireland didn't have New Girl on the Irish Netflix. New Zealand didn't have it either. And I was really sad. And then when I traveled to Germany... I was at my hostel like before bed just seeing if Netflix had different shows in Germany and they had New Girl and I remember I was so excited (laughs) because it was like this little piece of home when I was so far away Mm -hmm. to watch it like before bed when I was traveling.
1: Oh yeah that's a nice story. I, I remember when I was in New Zealand they didn't have New Girl and I became so used to not having it just cuz that was the norm and i i don't know like i got into some other shows but then mm-hmm. when i came home it was it popped up and i was kind of like oh my gosh i i, I haven't thought about, about these characters in so long and so it felt like coming home in a bit in a way to them when I think back to my childhood and teen years one of my favorite shows ever and probably one of my favorite shows today still is Drake and Josh which is this I um, agree if if you haven't seen Drake and Josh it's this story about two brothers coming from different families that end up like like the parents get married and they have this evil little sister named Megan (laughs) who's like actually like really evil like she does horrible (laughs) things to them but they're just these goons like josh is just always like sweating and like going like (laughs) like and then drake is just really dumb but gets all the girls and is like a great guitar (laughs) player (laughs) but i just think there's these iconic scenes from drake and josh that i still reference oh yeah
0: i think (laughs) it's a very popular show of our generation and nickelodeon in general (laughs) i think there were
1: some good shows on disney as well there
0: was yeah i think my favorite show from Disney, it's I kind of have a top three that I can't differentiate. You should just say all three. But it would have to be The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Ugh. That's So Raven, uh-huh. and the Hannah Montana show, or oh, Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana, <laughs> yeah. I think all three were really good, and all three were just really hilarious, and Silly. I think some of the standout characters on those shows sometimes are kind of the side characters that don't really have a ton of a part but just come in and are hilarious like i just think of mr mosby the (laughs) like in the Sweet life of zach and cody they live in a hotel and the concierge or not the concierge he's the manager and the manager of the hotel is this guy named mr mosby and he just is always out to get the two boys that are like the leading roles and kind of gets really annoyed with them and is always flustered and it's just he's one of the funniest characters ever
1: in addition to all these Disney and Nick shows, there were a lot of competition and reality shows too that we ended up watching a lot throughout childhood mm. and teen years. Especially with my mom, I think. We watched a lot of Food Network, which I still honestly enjoy. Like a lot Thank of Guy too. Fieri, because he had diner's drive and dives, which I'm I'm hoping most people have seen at least a little, but he's kind of a meme now. He is <laughs> Guy Fieri. So
0: <laughs> Flavor Town. But like I no knew saying. him before he was even cool to like make fun of because well,
1: he because he also was on Food Network Star which is this show that we watch mm-hmm. and it's this competition show where people come on and they compete to be the Food Network Star which means that they get their own show on the channel yeah. and so shows like that are like Cupcake Wars or um, Chopped I love Chopped, Chopped is really Still good love that show or even um I like Bobby Flay like Beat Bobby Flay that's a really good show too <laughs>
0: yeah
1: um and I think there's also a lot of TLC shows oh
0: my like looking back, I think we were in the prime of reality TV in our childhoods, <laughs> like in teens. I like, think it's still a thing, but it was such a popular format. Was reality sh- shows on TLC ugh, when like, we were kids? Like Say Us to the Dress? Like Say Us to the Dress. I watched a lot of obscure reality TV, I remember. Like, like I watched <laughs> I watched this show sometimes called My Baby Story. <laughs> There's a show called My Baby Story where it was, like, just document a mother, like, going through childbirth. And I really liked that as a child. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Like, I had no, like, connection to these people.
1: I also watched a lot of Cake Boss. That was, like, oh my the God. show, though. That, we that was the show, yeah. We watched it a lot with our friends, Eliza and Bella. It was, like, our show. And, yeah, it's
0: basically just a show, like, a reality show about this bakery in New Jersey called harlow's bakery i feel like most people kind of know what it is but evil astro he's
1: pretty famous at this point we
0: loved that show as a kid and i think there was just something very cool about reality tv at that time because um i think nowadays a lot of people kind of get that reality fix from youtube Oh, that's I've a good noticed point. it's kind of shifted like a lot of people on YouTube it's just them kind of sharing their life and vlogging oh yeah, and it kind of mimics a reality tv show in some ways mm-hmm. but I think it could be even more authentic than reality tv because it's not really produced yeah I mean some people I think are pretty produced mm-hmm. there's like famous youtubers that do like DIY home stuff which I feel like used to be just HGTV.
1: Oh, yeah, that's so true.
0: you know, even cooking shows, like people do cooking videos on YouTube now.
1: Or even on social media, like Instagram, too.
0: YouTube is also interesting in the TV conversation because I think it has made people consume YouTube almost supplementing TV or replacing some of the TV they watched as a kid.
1: I think another thing about these shows like reality TV related to like a competition or maybe say us yes to the dress where it's like you're in the same bridal salon every time or the mm-hmm. same bakery when it's cake boss. You also like the other shows we were talking about like Drake and Josh and those, you get to know the characters. Cause even though they're real people, like it's like in Cake Boss we loved all the like he has this like huge Italian family and you get to kind of know all the siblings he has mm-hmm. and his mom and like the family history of the bakery with his dad. And it's like or say us to the dress that you love, Randy Fanoli, or like the other consultants yeah, like the that consultants. you know. And so I think, again, this all kind of comes back to the story and like characters that you can identify with and kind of get a kick out of at times. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And with competition shows too, you're like rooting for people. Mm hmm. So. It's I don't all know. TV's great. humans. Yeah. To humans.
0: It is. It is. I guess on the other side since we've been talking about all the pros with TV, are there any cons that you've noticed in your life that TV has done for you? More logistically,
1: it sometimes keeps me up later than I want to stay mm-hmm. up because sometimes I get hooked. And while that's fun, it's also sometimes I like the idea more of going to bed without a screen because I'm on a screen yeah, all day. But then it's true. easy to be like, oh, I want to watch Netflix in bed when I'm falling asleep, um, which it's not, a you know, it's OK. But I think sometimes it feels like it's hard to take tear myself away from the screen. Um, I feel that. I think sure. another thing that's maybe more of a it's more deep, I guess, is that sometimes TV can make you feel like things are supposed to look or be a certain way. Mm. Especially because mm-hmm. if it's especially if it's not reality TV, you know, they can put music in the background and, like, the happy ending often happens and then you kind of examine your own life comparatively at times yeah. and wonder why, even though you know it's a TV show, you kind of want it to go that way. I think even movies... reality TV, too, though. They kind of insert... Yeah, they because do insert music they anyway. They're
0: not fully real like you know it's Mm -hmm. reality tv but it's a lot of times staged and i think sometimes you might wonder why you don't have as much excitement in your life or something Mm -hmm. of these people on tv that seem to have these really cool lives
1: or you kind of expect things you might hype things up to be a certain way because you're kind of picturing a
0: image in your head of a show (laughs) i think sometimes i do have sort of a fixated personality in the sense that when i start on something sometimes i get kind of Warped in, so I think, for <laughs> my personality type, Netflix sometimes is hard because I get very addicted to shows mm. where I'm like watching too much, and it it crosses a line where I'm using it as a tool to procrastinate. Mm. or I think it's good to have an escape through Netflix, but I think when that's your only outlet, sometimes you can easily procrastinate things or just kind of shut off what's actually happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's definitely a balance that is different for everyone but I think there has to be some sort of balance between always watching shows and not. I think another con is that I definitely read a lot less, which is kind of oh, sad yeah and I think it's because mentally it's less work to watch something and I feel like when you're tired or you had a long day when it's so easy to watch shows anywhere, You know, Mm -hmm. it's just much easier to pick that over a book. And I really like reading, but I just feel like my attention span isn't as sharp as it used to be, unfortunately. Oh, that's like I can relate. And like, for example, like if you're commuting to work or something before TV shows were on Netflix where you could just pull it up on your phone you usually had that time to read or something else. Like on the train or something? Yeah. yeah. And now it's so easy to just throw on a show and watch it while you're commuting. Or before bed is a big thing. I used to always read before bed until I had like a laptop or phone that I could watch stuff on all the time.
1: Or like when you're eating. I think that's a big thing. Like mm. wanting to watch TV while I'm eating too. And then you feel disconnected from food. Mm. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with watching TV while you eat, but I think I have gotten into a habit of doing it, like, every time. Yeah. If I'm not with people. Mm -hmm. And then it's, like, it's just, like, another point where you could kind of get more present, Mm
0: -hmm. and then you're
1: choosing to, like, shut off, like you said. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I mean, there's pros and cons, for sure. Yeah. And just, I think, with any technology, new technology, there's always good and bad. Of course. So it's good to kind of think about both sides. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to go through some of our favorite shows that we're currently watching, um, Mm -hmm. and just bring light to some great characters that we
0: (laughs) everyone needs to know about. (laughs) Yeah, I would say not all of these are current watches for me. Some of my favorite shows in recent years, maybe. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. say more like shows that I've watched more so in a streaming way than oh, I reality see. show or like stuff on. T- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I guess our Netflix recommendations. Do you want to kick it off with one of our faves? We I have a think few that are definitely shared. We have
1: a couple kind of Sarah and Rachel shows yeah. <laughs> like where we we bond over them together and with close friends. I think the first one being The Office. Yeah, which I mean- you know who who doesn't talk about the office? I feel like a lot of people, even if they don't watch it, they know about it and they're familiar mm-hmm. with some of the characters, like Dwight or Michael. Um, I just, I think we
0: could do an entire episode, a podcast episode about the office. You could also do an
1: entire <laughs> podcast about it, which is happening currently. Yeah. So
0: one podcast, we I need to recommend to anybody. Oh. That likes the Office is Brian Baumgartner's podcast, The Oral History of the Office. Amazing. Um, I think it. <clears throat> I don't know if there's a second season, but I think I think it's
1: done. I think it was a. Oh, I think it was a twelve. Dang. It's like twelve episodes or so.
0: Yeah, it was fantastic though. If you love behind the scenes of TV shows, it was amazing, and he had like Steve Carell on, Jenna Fisher, Angela Kinsley, uh, Rain Wilson, like every main person on the Office. He got a hold of for interviews especially like the creative side of it Mm -hmm. like he had the creator of the office and ricky gervais and a lot of people that were behind the scenes on the show so if you're an office addict like (laughs) us that podcast is amazing yeah Um, but sorry yeah with the office itself we recently re-watched the whole office with my parents during mm-hmm. quarantine um they had never seen it before and for me it was a great way for me to just fall back in love with it because the first time I watched it I liked it but I wasn't obsessed and the second time around I was like oh my god this is amazing like yeah it took that second watch for me to be as obsessed as you
1: So I think one opportunity with The Office that's kind of unique to The Office is that in every moment, the characters are being super authentic. Like, there's always somebody kind of just doing something random in the background or, like, you just kind of get to know the characters so well because they're so authentic and well done that... It's easy to just be like, oh yeah, like Michael Scott doing this. Like, it's just so classic. Or, you know, like Kevin Malone just being like gross. Like, <laughs> he's honestly my favorite character. Mm. But yeah, like, just you get so invested in the characters and like just obsess over those little moments where you're like wait a minute like when you rewatch it you you're like when did that happen i don't remember Mm -hmm. this in the past but it's so silly there's a lot of hidden
0: gems yeah happening here and there on the show and yeah i think it's a really unique show in the sense that i think any age group would like it yeah my parents loved it our age group loves it, people younger than us love it. Mm -hmm. Like, it really reaches I think most audiences, which is really cool.
1: I think the next show that's probably our other top is New Girl, which is not quite as popular as The Office, but it's fairly well known. I think it's just fun because you're so you're in the show, you're watching it, it's these guys who have an apartment, and then this girl moves in with them, and then there's just a lot of shenanigans and, like, it's group really, dynamics yeah. that it's are fun. It's
0: very on, like, kind of their love life.
1: Yeah, or just, like, everyday
0: shenanigans, like, with their jobs, or... There's, and there's some, just great you know, <laughs> tension between certain roommates and... Yeah. It's one of the best shows ever. I think it, if I had to pick a favorite show, it might be New Girl.
1: Because it's laugh out loud, funny. Like, yeah. The, like, every episode, every there's episode. a moment where you're like,
0: just you can't help but laugh because it's so weird or goofy or like strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think just humor wise, it's my exact sense of humor in a lot of ways, like more than even The Office. That I'm laughing out loud alone. Whereas the office, <laughs> I prefer watching with people. I feel like it's more funny with a group. Whereas yeah. New Girl, you can kind of laugh all the time alone.
1: Yeah. And it's just like there's again, like, I think it's something about the group dynamic. Like the guys and gals. Like, yeah. that, like they're just like so funny. Like just Schmidt is super bougie, like one of the guys. And then He's Winston's so like loud. crazy at times. And like then like Nick is this basically like an old man who like doesn't trust the government like you know what i mean yeah it's just this
0: great group it's really i think standout characters similarly to the office like they just know how to create really strong intricately detailed characters like such specific personalities with great just quotes that i pull out a Mm -hmm. lot honestly (laughs) yeah she really does (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, would definitely recommend New Girl. I'd say it's a little bit catered towards, like, a young adult audience more than The Office. Totally. Yeah, it's a little more niche in terms of age. So... Another show that is a little bit more recent on our agenda, but it's pretty much one of our favorite shows that we have in common is Grace and Frankie. Oh, yeah. So So basically, it's starring Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, who are kind of iconic actors. They are a little bit older, so some people in our generation might not be as familiar with them. Especially Lily Tomlin. Like, I didn't know who she was. I knew who Jane Fonda was, because she is pretty famous. I... Didn't really know much about them until the show, which mm-hmm. I feel like people older than us are like, oh, my God. That's <laughs> how you know them. Like, they're so famous. But Grace and Frankie's basically about these two couples and um, the men of each couple. And they're kind of like friends because the men own a law firm together. Leave their wives for each other. Mm-hmm. And so Grace and Frankie are left without their husbands, who they find out, are literally having an affair for the past 20 years Mm -hmm. and have to kind of start their lives over in... Their 70s. Their 70s. And it's just a hilarious show because, I mean, the premise itself is pretty insane. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you just fall in love with, like, the dynamic between Grace and Frankie because I just... They're such polar opposites, but they have this shared insane experience that right. they bond over in this really cool way and it just really covers a lot of interesting topics like I think it definitely has an emotional side as well as a yeah. comedic side Um because it talks a lot about like kind of the struggles or what you go through as an older person like mm-hmm. not being taken seriously as much or just dating in your 70s like I just... What's that like? Like, what is that like? (laughs) Like, I would never know. And I think sexuality, too, of, like, coming out in your 70s, like, I feel like that's such a big life adjustment to do at an older age, especially in a generation that it wasn't as accepted. So, Mm. like, Saul and Robert kind of coming to terms with that is really interesting, too.
1: Yeah, and I think it just... It's a unique show because the main characters are people in their 70s, and that's not really the common... I just don't think that's a common age group to really focus on. And so, like you said, it sheds light on issues unique to that population. Even, like, how your kids look at you as you get older, because they each have kids. It's, like, that's also a big part of the show is the dynamic between the Mm -hmm. children and the parents and how the kids want to, like, take care of the parents, But they're not, like, ready to accept that role reversal. Yeah. Um, And those are things that just, I think, most shows don't talk about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
0: I I just like showing this side of, like, older people as being, like, as being, like, flawed and intricate and specific characters. And I just think on some shows, they're just kind of, like, characterized as these, like, wise old people that just have knowledge. But in this show, they have all the layers of, like, anyone and it shows that there's still so much to learn no matter how old you are and like there's so much growing that happens throughout life we just love that show for those reasons and just because it's funny and like yeah
1: so Jane the Virgin is another show that we wanted to highlight um and Rage kind of got ahead of the crowd with Jane the Virgin and watched it from the beginning but it's a really complicated storyline and just to give everyone some context There's a main character named Jane who's, you know, she lives with her mom and her grandmother. Her grandmother came from Venezuela. So, like, their culture and heritage is a huge part of the show. But it's also the journey of her going to the gynecologist, getting artificially inseminated. So she's pregnant without her consent. And then she's a virgin. So She's a pregnant virgin. So she's a pregnant virgin. And so it's this whole, you know, finding out about that. There's a love triangle involved. She's engaged but also now has this father of her child who's in her life and it's just like crazy and it's a telenovela and there's there's crime and like you know mystery and all these things so it's it's different than the other shows we're talking about just because it's more of like a telenovela style of storytelling. So it's like purposefully really dramatic and like it's almost satirical. Definitely
0: a satirical version of a telenovela. because The narrator is kind of telling this story but in a very silly way. It's kind of poking fun at how dramatic telenovelas are.
1: So it's, we wanted to bring this one up too because not only is it amazing and like hooks you, but it's just kind of different than these other shows. It's a different style and like you get to know the characters well but then this out of you know, out of the blue stuff happens too, so it's really it's
0: I don't know it's like exciting you it's want to see what plot happens next, than yeah, more of just the simple sitcom comedies, yeah, it kind of has all aspects of a show like drama, plot, romance, and comedy like mm-hmm. and it's a really unique form of storytelling because there's a narrator who like there's actually typing on the screen, oh yeah. like it's someone kind of typing out what's happening here and there, which is cool.
1: Yeah, so I'd say those four are kind of, like, our top, you know, sister shows. We have our own, mm-hmm. but, like, those are the four we really wanted to highlight. And I think that TBD, shits Creek, because we're both watching that now. It's really good so, so So, many shows. Parks and Rec's another one, you know. Like, there's a lot of great ones on Netflix and Hulu. Are there any um, ones that
0: you specifically watch that I don't really like as much or I mean, that you'd recommend? I'm a
1: big Parks and Rec fan, uh... I feel like you're not as into it, but um, Parks and Rec, I love Schitt's Creek lately. I don't watch too many, I don't really watch dramas, I usually just watch
0: comedies, Mm -hmm. Um, and these are like my main, I'm trying to branch out. I think one show that I wanted to note, because it is a really good Netflix show, but I just haven't watched it in a while, is... Gilmore Girls.
1: Oh, Um, yeah. Nostalgia.
0: It's a very feel good show about a mother, a single mom and daughter duo kind of taking on the world. And like the daughter's (laughs) kind of navigating high school and like growing up. And then the mom is kind of navigating, I think finding herself and her yeah. purpose as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very laid back, feel good show. It takes place in this really cute, small town Stars called Hollow. Stars Hollow. And I think if you want just like a totally cozy, feel good relaxed show that you can kind of just throw on while like knitting or something oh, yes. like Gilmore Girls is really a cozy feel-good show that I would recommend that's a too. good one um, yeah. I wouldn't say it's like one of my top tops but it's definitely worth noting mm-hmm. and I guess another show that I'd also recommend if you like more of a drama is Breaking Bad I think I mean it's so popular like you've probably heard all about it but <laughs> it is like one of the most like aesthetically amazing shows like the cinematography is really good and like the storytelling like it's very 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 high quality it's as a well show. done i've yeah. heard yeah and like the acting is insane like brian cranston and aaron paul are just like amazing hmm. and i i highly recommend that it's basically about a man who has a very short lifespan after a diagnosis who decides to Get into the meth business <laughs> to provide for his family. Yeah. And like he gets wrapped into this insane drug world in Albuquerque. There's a lot of stuff with like the cartel and like drug stuff. Like it's so cool. Yeah. Love I'm a it. little afraid to watch it because it sounds violent, but. There are some very graphic scenes, I will say, like violence wise, but you can cover your eyes. And I think it's still worth it. Like I watched it in high school and I was okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) But that one is really good. It's a little different from shows that we usually watch that I would highly recommend. And Better Call Saul is like a spinoff, but I haven't fully gotten into that show.
1: Mm. A recent show I've been into is the Great British Baking Show also, which is a reality show. It's, it's, It's very different than these shows we're talking about. It's more like each week they have different baking um, challenges and it's these really sweet contestants and nice judges. Um, And obviously it takes place in England. But I just I would say that's another feel good kind of show because they're all amateur bakers. So it's less intense like compared to Food Network. I think it's just more fun loving. It's more about like seeing the beautiful creations they make and getting to know the characters. And they're all like really supportive of each other, which I love. And I learned a lot more about just like British desserts too and like different flavor combinations. So I feel like I'm also learning with that show, um, mm-hmm. which is fun. Uh, I
0: watched only one episode so far, it's but so it's really good. cute and wholesome. I'd
1: recommend if you're looking for something about cooking that's not as like cutthroat as food network can be <laughs> right where the judges are more compassionate and like the people are all kind of supporting each other rather than beating out to win money you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just different so i'd recommend that as well overall this has been so fun i, yeah, I get really into this <laughs> i hope you all were able to kind of bond with some of the shows that we might have in common or to get interested in some new shows um and just to kind of look at netflix for what it is like it's this big part of our culture and it's something to celebrate and
0: have fun with i guess
1: yeah and it's also something that i don't think we should shy away from using in these hard times like if you if you're feeling stressed or you know sad or lonely like that's so understandable and like If you want to turn on Netflix, like, I say just do it. Like, don't let yourself feel guilty or shamed for watching too much television. I think that right now, just finding comfort however you can is the best thing
0: to do. So in the meantime, maybe, you know, cozy up and watch a fun, spooky show. Yeah, it's Halloween almost. So it's
1: a great time to grab a bowl of candy and pop on something (laughs) that gives you some chills.
0: Or cozies you back up if you're a little scaredy cat like me. Oh,
1: I'm such a scaredy cat. Whenever I watch scary movies, I have a system where I cover my eyes and ears with my fingers as quickly as I need to. Like, I'm set up, ready to do it. So... Again, I get it. I'm not a spooky person, but Rachel kind of pushes
0: me outside my comfort zone. And by that, I mean the bare minimum of spooky, though, because I'm scared of things, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, try American Horror Story, or there's a show I watched once, uh, Black Mirror. Oh. I watched an episode of that once. That was good. The Twilight Zone is Twilight spooky. Zone. Ooh. It's on Netflix, too. It's so. great. Yeah, so... Turn that on and follow us on social media. Let us know what you're watching. Um, You can follow us on Instagram at Podcast as well as on Facebook. And then, like we mentioned, send us an email to at Podcast at gmail.com. And keep on listening. We hope that you'll stay
0: with us. And yeah, we look forward to November's episodes. We have a few exciting ones coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some great guests. Well, enjoy the rest of your Halloween season and peace. Peace.